The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Broadcasting live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage in Salem, New Hampshire, USA. And broadcasting around the world, this is the Cigar Authority. Transmitting since 2010, the Cigar Authority is the longest-lasting cigar podcast ever. Grab a cigar and light them up, light them up, light them up. This is the Cigar Authority. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, April 22nd, 2023. What do cigar manufacturers talk to each other about? And from Roma Craft Cigars, Mike Rosales, Skip Martin, join us live here as we launch their new cigar. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. And you are listening to the Cigar Authority, now in its 14th year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. And you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. Welcome back, Mike and Skip. Good to see you. You know, when you say 14th year, I always remember... When you interviewed us on the, yes. the roof of the MGM at the Drew Estate Party. And you weren't in business yet, really. And you guys were just getting started with the podcast. Yeah, oh my God, 14 years ago. Yeah. For, and I have down here, uh, and John's here with you guys, telling me you guys were here in 2019. But I got March 6th, um, oh no, March 6th, 2019 was the last time. So a long time. Yeah, COVID kind of, you forget. All right. Like you go, that was a couple of years ago. No, that was four years ago. And right. the and year prior to that, you guys were on, and I think that was the start of the, the Firecracker Project. Okay. Because you came on that year in 2019 to launch that. 2017, we probably talked about it. 2017, yeah. then on. Anyway, uh, uh, welcome back. Uh, and uh, I also want to say... Uh, Surprised you made it because we talked about it was pre-planned the date because you figured you were going to be in the United States because your daughter was going to have a baby. Right. And uh, you said, oh, there'll be plenty of time, but it was the day before. Right. And you still came. So uh, honored you did that. Certainly you had every excuse to uh, to bail on us, but you didn't. Yeah. Well, my ex-wife showed up, so I got a couple days to leave and then come back. Oh, and all right. So mm. she kind of uh, relieved me a little bit. She did the tag team? Took yeah. Mano? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting because you have a young daughter, five years old? Six. Six years um, old. Almost seven. And now she's the aunt of your granddaughter. Yeah, Tiarella, we call her. Her name's Fiorella, but we call her Tiarella now. For being the aunt. The aunt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and your granddaughter is Eden? Eden, yeah. Eden. Everything's good, right? Beautiful. All good. All yeah, good. She's beautiful. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Good genes. Yeah. So uh, it, very interesting that you, you have a daughter so young and you have now a granddaughter. Uh, they could be friends with each other. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So you married young on the second round for sure. No, my, my wife. You're talking about my Your wife? My wife. Because you had a young baby. You have a yeah, young yeah baby. but my wife is only, she was born in 79, so she's 43, 44. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She looks about 25, but she's 44. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. she does look very young. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. 
All right. Uh, so let's light it up, Barry. We're going to light a cigar up, and I, I had a little breakfast already, so uh, I'm, I think I'm ready for this. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> Today's first cigar is Aquitaine, and it's manufactured in Nicaragua by Roma Craft Cigars. The size is 5x56, called the EMH, and it features an Ecuadorian Habano Lajero wrapper, Cameroon binder, and Nicaraguan fillers. It is part of the Cigar Authority care package. A single will set you back $11.89, while a box of 24 is $253.99, which comes out to just $10.58 per cigar. That's a savings of $31 or 11% off on twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, go to twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. All right, so uh, this is part of the Cro-Magnon series, yeah. the Aquatine. Mm-hmm. Well, hang on a second. Are you just going to skip over the fact they just broke my pricing regulations and given the 11% over the 10? Do you understand how we do it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, no, go ahead. Yeah. We have a magic trick to it. Uh, just so the... The audience isn't confused with your letters and numbers and things, and uh, it seems all your brands have all different sizes when the fact of the matter is they do line up. They just call different things in different ways. So so help me, Mike, a little on, on that. This is Cro-Magnon, and this is a 5x56. This matches up with what? Well, in, in Cro-Magnon and Aquitaine, the 5x56, it's, it's, they're both called EMH, or Early Modern Human. Ah, there we go. Only in Temperance, they have different names. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we actually blended the Cro-Magnon. The original Cro-Magnon, the first cigar we made, was in 5x56. All right. Because it was matching a cigar that we were getting from Krishna Roa that I sold as, like, a private label in my store. Uh, it was, like, called the Liga 3-1. And it was Broadleaf, Cameroon Binder, Nicaraguan Tobacco, Heavy Honduran Tobacco. So when we blended Cro-Magnon, which was going to be another private label for a store, we blended it in 5x56. So the first person was, was, um, in, was first made in Honduras. Well, I used to visit factories, yeah. and then I would buy kind of like the, the orphans. So this, the original Cro-Magnon, or the original 3-1, was a reblend of the national cigar. Remember that cigar? Yes, yes. And, but the, the wrapper was too high quality, so it was too expensive for that brand. So there was like 14,000 of them that were just orphaned, that had been there for like six or seven years. Uh. The cigar I had unbanded from you years ago when you first did it, could not have been the national brand. No, no. Oh. That was the one that Mike and, and, and Esteban blended for me. Okay. Yeah, and that became Cro-Magnon. Was that also a Honduran cigar? No, it was, oh. it was made in Nicaragua. Oh, all right. Okay. Because yeah. so, so, that was so strong then. Yeah. yeah. And so, they're, they're still strong. We, so we have a box in our, uh, our exhibition room of one of the first boxes we had, and they're still strong. Keep your pants on, Barry. That's not the kind of exhibition he's talking about. That's right. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. Chocolate-covered raisins. (laughs) Chocolate. Not the raisinets either. It, this is off-brand. See if you go to so a, it's a little less sweet. So if you go to a drive-in, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but not a, an actual theater. But you go to drive-in, you go to the back of the drive-in. They have the bathrooms on both sides, the concession in the middle. Yes, of course. Yeah. You pick up a box of raisinets. 
This is what you're saying. Well, and then what you do with those rays, and you got to age them. So you got to <laughs> you get two boxes. You throw one in the back seat. You throw it in the glove box. Yeah. So you drive around. Next year, you go back and you go and see the same shitty movie, and you oh look at this. There's some raisinets. <laughs> That's the cold draw. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is that a thing that I've heard other people say? We try to get a raisiny taste from tobacco. Well, no, no, raisins, I think, is kind of like, uh, or licorice it's kind of like a, a fermented fruit, okay. dried fruit, dried grape. So there is a, there is a, kind of that anise or, or that kind of fermented sweetness that comes in some tobaccos. But the little tingling that's happening on my lips tells me, get ready, this one is going to yeah, so the mouth the mouth feel you have is from the Habano because it's a very very high priming right. Habano. It's fermented a long time. Uh, right. We get that from uh, Prosignisa from the Oliva tobacco family, and um, it's 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 hard to get. Um, but the uh, like all of our cigars, we kind of start with the filler blend and try to get that to the point where it smokes nice, and then we kind of. So this is the exact same cigar as Cro-Magnon. The only thing that's different is the wrapper. Okay. Unlike in Temperance, where everything is a different blend. So you wouldn't say one's stronger than the other. They should be pretty much the same. This one has more nicotine, I think, from the wrapper, and the Cro-Magnon has more natural sweetness <clears throat> from right. the broadly. And you say, I think, because just from your feeling or these yep. are tested? My perception. Perception. Yeah. We're going to light our cigar today with the Cyclone by Vertigo. And I got a lot of lighters downstairs, and I had to pick the right one for this. So you, for a full-bodied cigar, you guys make an unbelievable, very reasonably priced full-bodied cigar. So I wanted to go with a very reasonably priced full-powered lighter. And I went with the original Cyclone. you got no frills here. You flip the top yourself. You've got three jets powered by the original, or OG, as we say. Yes. Mm. Big ass tank, easy adjustment at the bottom, all for the low price of thirteen ninety nine, or two for twenty dollars on twoguyscigars.com. That's the Cyclone by Vertigo. Hey Dave, uh, Mickey Peg says you guys look like everyone got a middle seat on Spirit Airlines. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, like very Mickey, intimate. Up like Mickey flies coach. <laughs> right, right. Um, all right, we're gonna get to the after show after the show. Oh. Um, but it is going on four years now, and that's because you started it the last time you were here after the show. That while we were sitting around after the show, everybody was chatting. You go, this is the show. Now, I'd be interested in advertising on this, <laughs> not that. And so we said, okay, and we did it. But now that you got to know us and it's going, how about we just roll you into the regular show and we can make the after show? I go. think the regular show has too many ads as it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Skip so is the father of the after show. That's it. It's his show. It was actually during a break between segments mm -hmm. we were talking uh, about. Could we possibly sell those the, 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 during the break? <laughs> and we get we piece all the during the breaks together or something? Uh, I don't know, just trying to get get off a little of this stuff. But anyway, thank you, because I know you don't do it. And you do it to us, and uh, thank you for that, for supporting the show. And I'm sure everybody asks. And uh, Yeah, on our P&L, the marketing expense category, 
There is the trade show, yeah, and then there's the checks we write to, <laughs> to you every quarter. So. I appreciate it. I yeah. know, I know, and I appreciate it. And and the other folks up at Drone that don't spend money and they they do it for us. So hmm. uh, you know, humbled by that and, uh, and appreciative. Um, so um, how's business going? So COVID ended up happening. It's been a while since since uh, we talked about that. But how's business overall? I know you're the company that. You make a million cigars a year. That's it. You don't have to worry. It's always the same. But is there any concern of the economy? And if so, I would think you would be in the right place at the right time, having the best value full-bodied cigar on the market. Yeah, I mean, Mike can speak to retail sales. Yeah. What I would say, what I say to people is, when we were in 2017, when we were making you know, 1.2 million cigars. Our demand was three and a half, four million, probably. So we had a lot of back order, and we were telling a lot of people no. So as the demand kind of went down and goes up, we're still kind of under the the demand line. So we don't really see a difference in terms of sales. But maybe our back orders go down a little bit, or okay. and we can be more selective about stores. So how many years have you been doing this that you say that that's the cap, that you ended up reaching that cap and say, there's no more. So when we started, we said we wanted to make less than 30,000 cigars a week. We hit uh, 25,000 with 12 pairs in 2017. Okay. Um, really kind of the end of 16. And we've been at that production level until uh, I would say about seven months ago. We, we reduced the, the, the production a little bit uh, by about 10%. So we're really closer to a million now than 1.2. Okay. Um, so we've been at that level the whole time. So you know why I asked this question is uh, if you caught last week's show, we were talking about the succession plan, which <clears throat> in order for that to happen, a company would be interested in buying somebody else's brand. And when uh, Gloria Cubano, and I know you're doing business with them, you're making a special cigar we'll get into later on. Um, when he was selling... Um, I got a call from Edgar Kalman, and he was uh, he owned General Cigar at the time, and he said, "Hey, l- let me ask you about this brand of Gloria Cubana, and um, you know, I-, I see what their sales are, I see these numbers of, of wh- where it's at, but I think they don't make enough cigars than what the market would bear. Right? How much more Gloria Cubana could you possibly use?" if you could just order whatever you wanted and it would come. And I was on, I got very smart on Gloria Cubana in the late 80s that as soon as my order would come in for Gloria Cubana, I immediately placed an order for the same exact thing that just arrived. That's that's why our smart retailers, that's what they do. Okay. So um, yeah. then I would hope that they would la- it would last enough time that I would have some and certainly... Um, by the time 92 came and it got the high rating and stuff, forget about it. The stuff would come in, and I literally would unbox, take the, open the box up, and sell it to the customer out of the box, and it was gone, and it would last you know, maybe hours, not days, right. and then wait another 30 days, 40 days before the next order came in. And I said to him, this has unbelievable potential. It's not even a fraction of what this thing can become with somebody like a General Cigar at the time, uh, that he could do it. And I, to this day, think it was the best buy Edgar Coleman ever made. They bought lots of different brands. Possibly the best buy ever made in the cigar industry. Yeah, and 
you know, going over this and we do, we go through our succession plan, we go through our, um, you know, who's going to buy who and all that stuff. And I say, if there's somebody out there that, that would have the potential to be huge, you guys are certainly the one because I think you could probably sell 10 times what you could, what you allow to be sold. Yeah. But it, with, with a sales force out there um, and uh, a full production, this is like microscopic of Wiggler Gabbana was. Well, I mean, just as an example, in Europe alone, like, so we do a million cigars a year. We could sell a million cigars a year in Europe alone yeah. right now with, with the contraction of Habanos and the demand. Um, yeah, we, we, we easily could do three, four million cigars a year or be the size of the floor. But the problem is, is that you mentioned... And what could Lafleur be? Yeah. Because that's another one <laughs> yeah. with, a, with, you know, the same problem. Uh, I don't know if they decide we're not going to make more, but you just make that decision. Yeah, the, the limiting factor is tobacco because... Um, well, it, good it, quality tobacco. Good quality, high texture. You said full body at a good value. Um, what do manufacturers say to each other? So when Eduardo Fernandez and Jacinto come over and hang out at the factory or when... Um, people who know come over and they're smoking our cigars they're like i can't believe all your cigars have so much high texture tobacco like how do you do that it's like well, we only make three yeah. we only make two hundred fifty thousand of these a year right so um well, when you say texture because a lot of a lot of manufacturers discuss primings and they'll say lajero and viso and seiko and these are words that are thrown around uh sometimes meaning just the highest priming that's in the plant when it comes to lajero what do you mean by texture so, um, <clears throat> well, you're, well, the easiest way of saying it is, is thickness, right? So if you have a seco leaf from Jalapa, it's almost kind of like paperish. But what we call seco, we don't use it. So if you said texture was between 1 and 10, our, our Green River Sucker 1 that we use for Neanderthal would be a 10. It's like shoe lever. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like you have two leaves accidentally stuck together. It's so thick. Um, but then our jalapa is, it still has, uh, ripples and surface texture, but it's thinner. So it burns well, but we, we don't use ones and twos. We kind of use threes and fours as seco, fives and six and seven as viso. And when, and then when you get into the kind of the higher textures, um, like a sevens would go into say whiskey rebellion, the eights would go into Aquitaine and the nines would go into Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon, right? So when, when they're doing sorting, they're doing sorting on the thickness also, yeah, not just size of the wrapper, but the thickness of the same priming of a wrapper. And it's thickness is the wrong word because it's it's more about surface area. So the more ridges you have in the tobacco, and it's not scrunched up, but it's actual ridges yeah. in the tobacco. So when the girl runs her finger on and it's ribbed, she's like, ooh. For her All right, that's Neanderthal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah, and blind people could sort filler. I mean, it's all based on texture and soundness. There's your retirement project, Dave. <laughs> I'm not blind. I'm You're, close. <laughs> You're close. You're <laughs> close. So the, the point is, is like, yes, we, if we could make two million like this and, and, and get to scale, uh, we could sell. Yes. We He's, could sell two million, but I don't know if you could make two million of these. Well, maybe you couldn't, but I'm seeing a lot of manufacturers that you see, Altadas, for instance, they're having all different people making their cigars. And now, when I heard that you were going with E.P. Carrillo and you're making a cigar there, I said, oh, my God, okay, he's going to double production. He's going to go to other factories, other countries, because you have a demand for your product. And if, if there was the Romacraft Dominican line, they would buy that. Well, when you talk about succession planning, 
some of that is who's going to take over when I'm gone. Yeah. So make sure my responsibilities are distributed. But you also have uh, what, what they call business continuation planning. So business continuation is if there's a fire here, how do you continue the business? If there's a flood here, how yeah. it, it has to do with insurance being distributed in multiple locations. So when we, when we started having the discussion about buying our partner out in the factory, we looked at all the options. We talked to a couple of companies about buying us. Um, we talked to a couple of companies about making some of our cigars for us, mm. about creating new lines of cigars in other factories, basically just to have this business con- uh, continuity. Yeah. Um, so um, in those discussions, generally the discussion was always around, well, we could probably make that cigar, but it, you'd be paying twice as much mm. to us for that cigar. <laughs> so um, uh. it's in tobacco's gotten expensive. And labor's gotten expensive. and Yeah, but I haven't seen the dramatic change in price of Romocraft. No, what we do generally is we, we look for efficiencies to, to offset. Barry's ride. <laughs> That's the EMTs <laughs> on standby. Right. <laughs> um, so we look for business efficiencies. So what we did is we just went further up the supply chain or deeper into the supply chain, and we expanded our own pre-industry so, you know, what we used to do is we'd select tobacco in the Dominican and we'd have someone process it for us. Yeah. And, of course, you know, we would buy a wrapper at $18, and then by the time we got it, it was $34. So now we're even though the wrapper price has gone up to $24 from 18 because we're processing it ourselves, we've tried to bring the top end of that down so that it stays around 32 33 So, um, well, you, you made Ed Sullivan very happy. <laughs> Because uh, maybe your number one fan over there. I, I don't know if there's anybody in right in if you think you'd smoke more uh, Neanderthal I mean, than you. They don't. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to start first cigar of the day needs to be and, a Neanderthal. And you got to right. not sleep much. So that's that's a, And Skip doesn't sleep much either, and he gets, yeah. he gets a lot of I wonder the if there's too. a connection. If you smoke a lot of Neanderthal, if, if maybe it, it affects your sleep. Well, or the, reduces the amount that you need. I think that's it, the manpaco. Yeah. It revives you when you're feeling a little right. low. It's like iron in your blood. Yeah, yeah. Something, like, something's going on with it. The, the chat room wants to know if Mike Rosales is a silent partner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's not much for me to say. Nah. Yeah, I just like I just like how Dave tried to include you and Skip just ignored that completely <laughs> and just answered the question for you. And you're the guy that's on the road that goes visits the stores because Skip is mostly in Nicaragua himself, Correct. so yeah. you're able to get the words out. And sure. he comes in and you even yesterday. So we op- we opened our new lounge and I need one of you to come up and end up saying it. And Mike just hands it over to Skip and says, "Go ahead." <laughs> no, you know, at the end of the day, he's he's well spoken. He knows, you know, he's he's got a good pulse on what's going on, and really. People see me a lot. I'm on the road, so yeah. it, they don't they don't really get to see him, you know, actually talk that much. So this is his time to shine. So. I'm not allowed to talk to retailers if he's being honest. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a good policy. Yeah, more, I get about I get about. I, I'll be in the office and I'll be like, okay, John, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'll pick up a phone and be like, okay, we lost another retailer. <laughs> hey, just One more, less back order. Yeah. More for me as far as, yeah. I, as I'm concerned. But you do talk to the to the fans and you're big on social media with them. And we have a, a full turnout here today uh, as we did last night also. So there's a fan base of, of Romacraft and the, I think there's a fan base of Skip Martin, uh, to be honest with you. 
And but you call them instead of saying something nice to them, you call them weasels. Oh, yeah. well, this, this that will lead into the conversation of what we talk about with other manufacturers. Okay, so. all right, we're going to get into that uh, when we come back from break of it. But uh, what, what I what I think we do, I mean, you know, I we don't you you won't see me promoting Romacraft a lot or talking about how I'm the best blender in the business. You know, basically, if you compare my my stuff with like Sokka's, for example, yeah, I have a completely different approach. But my my thing is more about authenticity it's like hey this is what i'm working on today giving giving them a little bit of a of a view into the factory and like well i'll start talking about like this project we're talking about today volstead we started talking about that two years ago so um they kind of get to see the journey okay and then by the time you know so it's not so much as they're and i don't i don't really go in for the fanboy thing like i don't want to create i think someone made a comment about why did you use these old pictures of mike and skip in the promos and the answer was because we don't spend a lot of time. You don't have photography sessions, right? <laughs> yeah, because we're not cigar models. We're <laughs> cigar makers, right? So um, it's really not about me and Mike. Me and Mike are just normal kind of regular consumers that right, became right. cigar makers. They are consumers, let me tell you. They buy cigars <laughs> and, they're in, oh, and they yeah. smoke other people's cigars. And uh, you love cigars. You both love cigars. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, And I like the culture. I like... Uh, I like that uh, Santos came in today. I, I like that we can see a guy twice a year, and it's like we hang out with him all the time. Right. Because they're really friends of ours. Yeah. And that's... Well, like, we had people fly from Florida yesterday. I, I, yeah. Florida, Virginia, yeah. Maryland. We have our Delaware contingency in yeah. the, the what, back what? corner there, there as go. well. Yeah. Delaware was amazing. Amazing. You so, know, so, so there's a culture that we've created, right? And it's like, these are... Well, that we've... We didn't create it. We didn't it. create it. It's just, it's you foster about, it, right? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, um, and this kind of goes back to the weasel conversation, right? Like, there are levels of weasels, right? So, I'm sure you have a bag of cigars that you probably will or will never, ever, ever smoke. That yeah. anyone who comes over is welcome to this bag of cigars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, that's like, that's like the generic, you know, your cousin or your uncle, someone comes over, you know, they don't appreciate cigars. It's like, whatever's in this bag, you can have it. Yeah. That's, that's level weasel, basically, will, Weasel one. But where the weasel term kind of came up was is like back in, I don't know, 2012, well, 2010. In the trade show when they didn't like the bloggers coming in. Yeah. And they, and they weren't allowed to ask for samples. Yes. Right. You had to kind of ask for a cigar without asking for it. Yeah. Kind of like today where I said, hey, Barry, Barry, yeah. Barry, did I give you one of these? And Barry goes, yeah, you gave me one yesterday. So I turn around and he goes, but I'll take another one. <laughs> you know, that's the smooth. And I, and I turn to you, I go, that's a weasel move, yeah, right? Yeah, and you no, go, yeah. yes, it is. Right? Yeah. So, so, that's so a, Barry's a level two weasel. Level two, right? right. But, but you would see the, at the trade show, you would see these guys coming in. And, and back then, because there were just the websites, right? There was not all of this and it hadn't evolved like that. Um, this is like 2007, 2008. It was like, hey, give me a box of cigars and I'll, I'll write a review for your cigar. Uh, <laughs> it's like, well, you need a whole box, yeah. right? And, and we, we honestly feel like if I give you a, something, then I'm, I'm kind of looking for something nicely. One hand washes the other, right? right? But if you go buy it, you have a right to say whatever you, you want say to say. Say whatever you want it. to say, right? Right. So, and, and that's so, but anyway, so you would see these guys coming, like, oh my God, here comes the weasels, right? Like, that's, that's like extreme weasel. You know what I mean? Like, when you need a box, you know, or, or the people that call you say, hey, there's a charity golf tournament, can you donate or whatever? And you do it all, right? Like, yeah. you have to. So, um, but, you know, then, you know, I remember the very first time I was at a cigar shop in, um, um, what's, uh, Anyways, I was at, at a I was at a 
at a cigar. This is why I don't let Mike talk. This is what happens, right? <laughs> so I'm in Austin, Texas, and so I, the uh, this lady comes over and she says, "Hey, you know, my this comes from my grandfather's personal stash and gave it to me." And I was a consumer at the time, and um, I thought that was really cool, right? And then kind of fast forward, uh, we were working on the factory in the factory on the Fomorian and just posting pictures. And so uh, we hadn't really created it yet. Someone called us uh, and said, hey, we, we can you do something for this event that we're doing? And we were kind of working on this Fomorian. And, and, and so I come to the States and someone asked me, said, hey, I saw you post something about this Candela. Do you have one of those? I actually happened to have one on my person. And so, yeah, here you go. Try it and smoke it, right? And I, that's when it, it hit me that people are really paying attention and following yeah. along on the things that we're doing at the factory in our personal lives, right? That's so, an interesting cigar for Morian that people ask for all the time. Uh, it's the best Candela that is on the market, but it's not always on the market. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's part of what makes it special. How is it not always on the market? It's the easiest and quickest wrapper to just get. It's actually hard to, to source a good Candela. So the way we do it is, or the way we historically have done it is, there's a, a guy that makes a lot of Candela cigars, but some of the r- tobacco is too dark. So it, it doesn't fit in with their color okay. spectrum. So they kind of set that aside until they have 100 pounds and they sell it to oh, us. Okay, that's how that works. Right now it's time to ask the Don from Don Raphael Cigars. It's time to ask the Don. Brought to you by Don Raphael. Cigars. Don Rafael cigars are premium cigars. Mellow and smooth. Built for every man's everyday enjoyment. Don Rafael cigars. Now, here is the question of the week. And the following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. And Casey writes just a couple of questions. Hey, guys, I have a couple of questions about cigars that, first, I hope don't sound stupid, and second, I hope you can answer. First question, a buddy of mine says he keeps getting knots in his cigars. I tell him I think it's because he's smoking too fast, but then again, I'm no authority, and that's why I'm bringing this question to the real authority, you guys. Why does he seem to always have knots? Second question, some cigars I smoke seem to dry my mouth out, while others seem to produce a lot of saliva. Do certain tobaccos or blends cause this? Thanks for your time. Your show is the best thing around. Don't ever stop. Casey from Montana. Jonathan, maybe he's smoking Calibras. Yeah. Well, I was saying it was not flavorful, not burning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually just uh, had this happen this week, and I did a little bit of digging with a customer that said uh, they were smoking Brand X, and it just seemed like... Every time it was just getting the the cigar would get more tight and more tight as they were smoking it several cigars in a row. And I finally just said, can you show me which one it is? And they brought me over and it was a torpedo. And I said, how much are you cutting off? And it was like the thickness of the pencil eraser. And I'm like, your saliva is building up and causing that tobacco to swell. So by the time you get to the end, you got this thing in your mouth. And that's why you're having draw issues. Not that there's a knot in the cigar that formed by itself. So that would be my question to Casey is, is your buddy smoking torpedoes and not cutting enough off? Or, or it could be a twist in the bunch that over and over and over. There's two, there's two, two main ways a cigar doesn't draw either. Uh, they're not using a Lieberman. 
Yeah. And so they're uh, they're hand bunching and they twist the bunch. Right. And when that happens, uh, it causes draw issues. Or if you overfill, typically kind of under the thumb, if they're bunching in the hand. Yeah. And they overfill under the the break under the thumb. Yeah. Um, but squish but down. if it draws at first and then it gets, uh, it's probably overhumidified. And and like you said, the the it's it's building up tar and other things yeah. in the channels, or it doesn't have enough uh, thick veins in it. Yeah. Stems, they call them. If it doesn't have enough stems, a lot of times what happens is um, if they're not using sound filler leaf uh, or if their filler is too dry when they're bunching, what will happen is when they press it, it breaks the tobacco. And then that then closes the channels. Mm. And, and that, that's an interesting thing you're mentioning stems that some people freak out and they say, wow, there's a stem inside my cigar. There's a stem in all the cigars, right? Well, the, they, they only partially devein filler. Yes. And so the thicker the filler is, the thicker the, the main uh, vein is. Not a problem. No. In fact, if you didn't have that, the cigar wouldn't burn properly. Right, right. And you'd have, you'd have draw well, problems. You, you, have, you draw have a properly. cigar that's made of all stems, don't you? Yes, I do. Does it have issues, John? <laughs> Not at all. He gave <laughs> that to me the last yeah. time we were here. And yeah. I'm like, this, yes. tastes, yeah. this yeah. tastes horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so the second question, yes, there are tobaccos that do dry your mouth out, and there are others. Um, San Vicente is the one that comes to mind that uh, causes an interaction with your, your salivatory glands much like licking a 9-volt battery. So for half the population, it's very off-putting, and the other half finds it pleasant. So well, there that's, are- That has to do with the pH of the tobacco, and it has to do with the alkalinity or the acidity of the tobacco. And a lot of times today, what that has to do with more than anything is how it's fertilized. It has less to do with the, the varietal of tobacco All it right. is. It has to, because the more you fertilize tobacco... The, the larger it gets, so the more yield you have, so the more pounds the farmer can sell. Um, but that changes the alkalinity, and it changes the, how much you salivate when, you, when it's in your mouth. Okay, so they can, they can take a pro, you can process something and change that natural way that's usually a drier tobacco, process it in a different way to make it more, more uh, so you're... Yeah, salvation. so one of the things that's happening right now, uh, so there's... More inexperienced workers making cigars. You have more construction problems. There's less time because there's a supply issue, so there's less fermentation. Um, And then there's quality issues with tobacco because they're going deeper into the quality. Mm. But one of the good byproducts is fertilizers become very expensive. And so a lot of farmers are going back to using less fertilizer and, and more natural fertilizers. So you think we're going to start finding... So in a lot of ways, some of the, the tobacco is smaller, but it's okay. higher quality. And more, right. so more concentrated in flavor. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So More the way, textured? The way tobacco works... Can I have a right answer just one time today? I'm trying, I'm trying not to, to discount your Perdomo <laughs> no, encyclopedia. You can shit, you but, can shit all over me. <laughs> Go so, ahead. So t- tobacco is a flower, right? And it has a circulation system. And if you think about it, the easiest way to say, I'm not a botanist, but the easiest way it's been explained to me is it has two channels of, of, of vessels, like your heart, sure. like your circulation system. One of it gets uh, stuff to the leaf to promote uh, photosynthesis, and one of it brings uh, minerals back to the root system, right? So it's like two-way. Yeah. So the way the plant works is if it needs more sun, the, the leaf, the lamina of the leaf gets bigger. If it has a lot of fertilization, fertilization has a lot of water, it's... Goal is to become bigger. 
So the leaf spreads out like a sail to catch more UV light. So you get thinner, bigger leaves. But if it has a ton of sun, like sun-grown tobacco, it has too much UV to, to balance out what's coming in from the root system. So if you have compacted soil or, or rugged soil like an SLE, the root system has to fight to get to water and you make them struggle a little bit. So the plant keeps the lamina, the sails closed a little bit so the, thick, the leaves get thicker okay. instead of bigger, right? So All the right. more fertilizer and the more light, natural light you give or shade you give a, 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 a tobacco plant, the larger and thinner the leaves become. And the more sun and less water and less nutrients you give it, the thinner it is, and the okay. smaller, it, the thicker it is, and the smaller. So if it you is. get smaller, thicker leaves versus bigger, thinner leaves, wouldn't those two essentially weigh the same? Uh, from a weight perspective, uh, yes, but you only have so many leaves per plant, so so it has to do with how much water they hold, right, and how much uh, curing you can do. So the, the larger, thinner leaves, you also have more damage, so you lose a lot yeah. in, the, in the yields. Um, again, I'm not a farmer, but when I'm looking at buying tobacco, which I'm doing more and more than I ever have, um, what I try to look for is what was the process that this farmer used generally, and how do I go to the, to the guys who are using, who are making the plant struggle a little bit, like guys who use drip irrigation. Right. They deliver very precise amounts, of, like Placencia, like very yeah. precise, and AJ, precise amounts of, of, uh, of nutrients, the exact right nutrients at the yeah. right time. But then they also, leave, the leaves are fertilized enough and they're getting enough water to, to be thick, to get texture after fermentation, but they're not thin and big. Right. Because also the bigger and thinner a leaf is, filler especially, you end up with more waste. Yep. Because yep. After, after you make the cigar, you get more picadura. So we weigh the, the waste as a percentage of the production. So you kind of see where you're, you're... It's like if you try to make something out of a solid block of aluminum, how much waste yeah, do you over. have, yeah, right? Right, you know? right. We're smoking the Cro-Magnon Aquatine. This is the 5 by 56 Do we have a strength level on this, Barry? People comment. Let me go with uh, a 9 uh, is what I'll start with. I got my answer written down. All right, let's go across the uh, across the panel. I got a six. Skip. You're talking about strength or body? Strength. Perceived. Um, I would say it's probably a seven. Wow, I, f- I can feel my fillings in my <laughs> teeth. When I, when, when I hit that, it usually starts at an eight or so. You need to start V-cutting your cigar, deep V, so that you can put the poussoir in your mouth and not be one. <laughs> so the key is if you have a lot of texture, but you ferment it slower... Over time, with less water and less weight in the pilone, you you attenuate out the nicotine, but you don't lose the flavor. And so, the tobaccos we really try to focus on is keeping the flavor with, without it being overpowering from a nic. You're not going to smoke this and be overwhelmed nicotine wise. I don't know. We're going to see because <laughs> it, it, it's going slow, and I'm being careful with it. But 51 percent of the chat room says five to six. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm in agreement you with the You say a straight well, medium. Hang on a it's second. It's a medium body cigar. It's so, a so, bigger so than medium. Are, are they retrohaling the cigar? I don't care. It doesn't no, matter. No, no. It is so, what it is. So, so, well, no, because I think if you have to retrohale to really kind of get a lot of the strength. So if you're just smoking and you're blowing smoke. Are you gonna, trying to troll me right now? Because I'm not be doing a, it. You're going to be a five to seven kind of right, guy, yeah. right? No, so I'm not the, doing the, it. The nicotine in this cigar comes from the wrapper. And the yeah, larger ring gauge... 
there's it's less strong than say like the the 46 Pestera or the Anthropology is a really strong cigar. Mm -hmm. Wow, man, this is this is. Uh... We'll see. I'm yeah. not even halfway done. We're we're 40 minutes into the show, maybe 30 minutes into the cigar, and uh, I, it's a quarter of it. It slow. burns really slow. Very slow. Very. If slow. you get a soft pretzel and, and you leave the salt on it, and I'm talking big ass pieces of yeah. rock salt, uh, and then you you get a lemon twist like you'd have in a in an old fashioned. Yeah. But you just rub that on the pretzel. That's the flavor. It right on the outside smoke, edge. You fucking asshole. Dude, I was totally going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say what you're tasting is smoky, fucking asshole. No way. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, what do cigar manufacturers talk to each other about? Uh, something I've always wondered, because as a retailer, I know what we talk about. We talk about the manufacturers. Are they talking about us, their suppliers, their customers, or everything? Or is it top secret? We're going to find out. We're live in the Toscano Soundstage. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua. The Nicaraguan expression of America's beloved brand, Reserva Real. Reserva Real Nicaragua is a Nicaraguan puro, meticulously blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. The Reserva Real Nicaragua will take Romeo lovers and Romeo novices alike on a journey through premium Nicaraguan tobaccos. Reserva Real Nicaragua. It'll steal your heart again. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lining up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Christoph cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Christoph is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. 
with over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy. The Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar-making process. Padron Cigars, they give you the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. This is George Padron from Padron Cigars. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Very Podcast cool. Network. And we are back and powered by the West Tampa Tobacco Company featuring West Tampa black and white West Tampa cigars. Passion with a purpose. We are here with Roma Craft, Mike Rosales, Skip Martin. Welcome back. We are talking today about what manufacturers talk to each other about. Is everything top secret? Do they... Do they share information? So uh, what do you guys say? They sharing information manufacturers with each other? What do you talk about? Well, first, nod to Pretty Ricky. He's doing a great job with his, his brand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, the main thing, I think, so there's two different levels. So there's the sphere I'm in where, where you're talking with cigar makers. Correct. The real manufacturers, not right. brand owners. Right. Because you're, you're in another country and you happen to go to a restaurant or go to the bar, and there's another manufacturer there, and he goes, oh, Skip, what's going on? How's things? And his two manufacturers talking to each other. Right. Business and, comes out. And there's a lot of brand guys that come down. I mean, we're brand guys, too. Yeah. But, like, Mickey comes down. He's not a, he doesn't own a factory. And when he comes down, the conversations that Mickey and I have together are a lot different than the conversations Mike has with other brand guys in the field. Yes. So the, the main thing that brand guys talk about is retailers. That is interesting. And, and, and what you're trying to find out is... Are they talking shit about retailers? Or no. They about well, re- sometimes I guess. It depends. Yeah. There are levels. Yeah. There are <laughs> levels. I mean, when Just you're, like the weasels. Yeah. Like when we were building our company and we were being selective about our retailers, you know, the first thing you want to know is, does the, does the retailer take care of the product? Do they have a good humidor? Do they keep it properly stored? Do they keep it in stock? Do they, uh, do they have knowledge? Do they have good... Uh, do they have sales he, staff? They have good sales staff that, that engage with And then the second thing is... And this the, would be if both of you knew the retailer? Like, would you ever talk about a retailer and you don't do business with them and they're talking about them? Say, excellent humidor, they really know their stuff. And you go, oh, that's somebody I would want my cigars to be in. Well, you, you either go, who's in this region that, that we should be in their store? Okay. And then also, hey, this guy's asking to carry our brand. Does he take care of the cigars? Does he take care of his customers? Does Pay he, his bills. Does he take care of his bills? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I would think that'd be the first question. Well, you know, I think I think what ends up happening is, for example, let's say let's say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, northeast, right? And and so you call someone like Terrence Riley, who's kind of all over the place, right? And you say, hey, man, how you doing? Who, you know, I saw you went over. You, you kind of stock them out, right? Like, where have you been? Who are you going to see? And now you can look at Facebook and see sure. where they've been, right? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, then, you know, hey, because there there are, so early in the beginning, just because you had 
a, a big store, let's say you're a TAA shop, right? And you can check all those boxes. Like, yeah. So if you're in TAA, you, 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 know, you can kind of assume that they check all these other boxes, right? However, just because they're TAA and they have all these things doesn't mean it's going to be a good fit for our brand, yeah. right, right. right? And so what you – because, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to beat you up on terms and discounts and you're going to come in and shoe shine everybody and you've got to go in and do the song and dance. And, and they're not there to promote – your brand. They're there to sell cigars. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that was the, the very f- first thing that, that we kind of talked about is how do we get the consumers to, to get these guys to pay attention to us? Right. So again, because we, we are genuine and we smoke a lot of cigars and people, we've earned this credibility with the consumers that people will take notice when we started kind of to build this. They kind of championed us early on. I mean, <clears throat> and other manufacturers can tell you this. Sometimes with brands, the, the, the thought process is if this store carries this brand and endorses this brand, then they're saying it has my seal of approval. So, so consumers will go, well, if, if two guys sells that cigar, it must be a good cigar. With and, our, and, and other retailers may say that, which is one hundred percent true, right. because there's a huge vetting process to right. get into two guys. And with our brand, it's I would say it's more so consumers and other manufacturers go, well, if if they carry Roma, they know what's going on, and ma- other manufacturers will say, well, they're doing good with Roma. I think they could do good with our brand. I would say back early on, Roma Craft was a hand sell product for us that we actually had to explain to the customer. Roma Craft. Not anymore. The customer actually comes to us and we have a good chance of getting a new customer because we have Roma Craft, as opposed to we were two guys smoke shop, they would come in and we say, Oh, let me introduce you to this. You like a full body cigar, here you go. You're gonna end up liking But you it. still have to grow that market. I mean, we do a lot to help seed the 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 kind of cigar nerds, the skirt geeky guys like us, right? That they know that they're looking for this brand, right? And so you you have this this you know five ten fifteen group of guys that come in and buy the cigar. Yeah. But if you're super dependent on that fifteen guys to carry that brand, you know that's good. But you got to grow that, oh, right? So it's 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 a mutual kind of contract between us and you as far as we're that's gonna, the party you're looking for, right? And that that's what. So going back to hey, you're doing your research on these on on these accounts, like you know um, you know you want to you want to like hey, are you doing good with this shop? You know, kind of generalize, like, what are you doing in numbers-wise? Do you think you can grow that? What do you got to do to grow it? Is right? it hard to get a hold of? Or right. I'm Is having, I'm having this problem with this guy. You know, how do you deal with that? Um, because we don't have people in the field like a lot of brands do. Like, a right. lot of brands, they either use their own in-house sales reps. Yeah, or they use their reps own are writing around every two weeks. Right, so we do kind of use them a little bit for intel. So in terms of what we talk about with other manufacturers. You guys show up every four years. <laughs> <laughs> um now, uh, they're saying these guys are geeks. They're not just cigar geeks. I went out and had a cup of coffee with them this morning, and we spent a half hour in the coffee shop talking coffee. With <laughs> Arguing with the coffee, coffee guy and taking <laughs> yeah, him to coffee. task. Yeah. I mean, and you were right, geeks. by the way, Mike. I want you to be validated. You I know you took me to task about my six uh, strength rating over here. No. but That was an intense coffee going for a cup of coffee <laughs> to anybody else is just a so, two seconds. So hey. Dave knows this guy for like 30 years or something. So he's sitting back on the stool just observing yeah. and, and he's, because he knows this guy. So uh, I look at him and I, I'm like, 
Because Mike's like getting heavy in the. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, hey, Mike, we've got to do a podcast. We don't have time for a coffee tasting here. My God, it was it was really something. But you know, I think everything that we do, whether it's coffee or beer or bourbon, food, or food, yeah. right? Like, like you know, and that that goes into like if we're going to be that passionate about. And then, you know, to go in and invest the money that we've done to do the factory and the, yes. where, the warehouse in Austin, like the attention to detail, right? And I think that's, that, that's kind of lost in, in this, the generalized kind of conversation is the attention to details of the things that we do is really what sets us apart. Well, it took me five years to do UPC labels because mm. I... Because it, <laughs> because you, you had to have them embossed. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at the barcode on a box of Romacraft, and I've never seen it before, but the barcode is embossed. Yeah, with with foil and yeah, it's crazy. Um, but w- one of the dynamics, speaking about manufacturers, is so there's really a, this circle of kind of nest of gossip and bullshit in Miami. Yeah, and I always really appreciated how CAO was in Tennessee, and it was away from all that. Yeah. And they had a whole different vibe to them because they were away from it. Yeah. So us being in Austin, we don't get caught up in a lot of that, you know. Yeah, you don't bump into each other in in Texas, obviously. Right. Uh, where they do in Miami, most of them. But you do bump into them in Nicaragua. Uh, so, yeah. So yeah. is the yeah. dynamic different there? Yeah, there's less bullshit. There's le- there's more because you can't you can't you can't lie to people who do it every day. There's no the story. I mean, there's still people who come down and they'll sit at a table and it's like you realize you're at a table of people who work with tobacco every day. Yeah, we know <laughs> we know this bullshit that's right. going on. Right? Do you get into labor costs and things like that? Of course. Of yeah. Course. Uh, I mean, recently, just recently, as an example, um, um, we had th- so we had like eight ladies in packaging. And before, Est- before Esteban managed all the, this is what we pay people, right? Um, so after Esteban left, uh, about th- two months later, three ladies in our packaging department left at the same time. And we hadn't lost 12 people in five years. Right. It's, so for three people to leave all at once, and they're all friends and everything. And I'm like, well, well why would they leave? So I had a conversation with them, you know, kind of an exit interview. Sure. And I said, look, you know, I want you to have whatever the best is for you. And I feel like we're doing the best, but you know what happened? So then I went around to three or four of my friends and said, "How and what do you pay your packaging people? You know, are we doing it the right way?" And and what I realized is that we were underpaying, okay. which which for me, I pride myself on. We pay a lot more than than most people. So then, so I said, "Okay, not only is it the how much we pay, but it's how we pay." And so we immediately within a week restructured a hundred percent of the way we do it. And, um, that's just an example of how you go to them and you say, you know, I've got good people that decided to leave. Why? Yes. And, and you know, how much do you pay your people? Do you do it on production? Do you do it on fixed Terea, like homework, you know, as assignment or, you know, what, how do you deal with when you use two labels instead of one? How do you deal when you add UPC labels? How does that change? And so, we we do that kind of thing, and 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 some people do it to control the market, like hey, don't don't pay your people too much because then I'll have to pay my people. Uh, I, I kind of do it with you know good intention, 
people that so I... So the people that left, left to go to another... Yeah, and then immediately a week later, they're like, hey, uh, we heard, can we come back? I'm like, well, when we have room, we've already replaced you, but... Yeah. <laughs> but... You know, if you'd have just come and talked to me, right. I, I could have done this before you left, but... I didn't know I, I was... I didn't going. know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, production numbers, do you talk... Well, you kind of know that. You can walk if if you know what you're looking at. You can walk into a factory and Count just appears. you know how much they're producing. Right. I, I've I've seen that myself. Where somebody told me some. It's funny the, the lies that happen in this industry is some people overdo it and then some people underdo it and then some people I'm guessing is saying the truth, but. For different reasons, I don't know. Some people are trying to escalate themselves because they're not quite there yet, and, and it's bigger, and I count the amount of people, and there's no way that number is, is true. Yeah. And then it's the other way where I see all these people, and they say, yeah, we're very small or whatever, and I go, small? Are you kidding me? They're pumping out millions of cigars out of here. Yeah, someone told me years ago, if they tell you things are going really great, they're having issues, and if they're, if they're kind of more humble about it, then they're killing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like that, like, like a gambler would do. And he goes, yeah, yeah. I'm breaking even. Yeah. Whoa, he's, he's losing his ass. <laughs> no, well, he's yeah. killing it. Yeah. It's one or the other. All right, let's take a peek into the asylum right now from our friends at Asylum Cigars. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4 inches by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 inch by 80. Asylum Cigars. (laughs) In the news lately has been a lot of talk about ChatGPT, an AI-based chat program. Now its parent company is working with a robotics firm in Norway to create an AI-thinking robot. One of the sample robots named Eve has a smiley face and can perform tasks such as packing a box, Pete, your job might be in jeopardy, open a window, and perform other tasks that it learns on the fly. This, my friend, only has two paths, the creation of Skynet or Rosie the Robot. And that's not only insane, it's asylum. Did you hear about the robot that killed itself? No. So they, they kind of set it free to do this menial task over and over and over again until finally the robot, once it was given AI, it figured it would rather just shut down than, than do this. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's right. And where you, you have to give that consideration of people that work in a factory. They do a, a job the same over and over and over. That's actually a good employee that's doing the same exact thing over and over the same way that considers a good, but they they – would feel after a while of, uh, geez, I'd like to try doing something else or, you know, as opposed to making Coronas every day. All you, I make is Coronas. Well, how you, long until an AI program blends its own cigar? <laughs> well, yeah, the master blender. <laughs> the the, uh, <laughs> the KitchenAid master blender. <laughs> the Vitamix. Um, the, the thing is, is there's some employees who like doing this. And if you throw them a curveball, it, throws them completely yeah because people are different like so you I, have to know the person yeah. some people like to have different variety and challenges and some people are like don't change my shit you know yeah yeah um so going back to the things that manufacturers talk to each other about uh like one of the things that constantly comes up is um and it's funny because they'll say did you see this review on half will so cigar <laughs> reviews they'll be like this is bullshit da, 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 da. they gave me an 87 to and then the same guy who says, well, those things don't matter. When they get a 92, we're like, hey, did you see my rating? In, <laughs> right, right. Know. 
you know, I, I always thought that with um, when you see these ratings of the cigar of the year, and I, I talk to a lot of manufacturers about it, and I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, and then they get a top rating of num number one cigar of the year and stuff, and they go, oh, my God, it, it's there. And it happened to me that I got um, a number seven f for Garofalo on Cigar Journal. And uh, I said, oh, my God. And I actually felt good <laughs> about it where I thought nothing of it. And I said, oh, that's really good because I, I know how that system works, which drill people that are uh, choosing it and then say – Almost like I needed, and I don't even make the cigar, somebody makes it for me, but almost validation, it becomes validation of that. So there's a psyche of... Well, don't you have like half the reviewers on the panel for Cigar Journal? <laughs> we, we well, there's four. 60 worldwide. There's 20 yeah. in the United States, and four of those 20 are us. Yeah, but it's weighted toward us. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you ever need a warm introduction with somebody that is selling you raw tobacco, that somebody that's just hard to get to? All the time. So you got to count on a couple yeah, I mean, to help I, me. I started buying tobacco, in the, more tobacco in the Dominican outside of our normal channel. And um, if I just had walked up to the door and said, hey, I'm here to buy tobacco, I would have never got to, uh, to sit down. So starting but from... When, but when Ernie Carrillo calls over yeah. and says, hey, this is Skip Martin. He's a serious business guy. He'll pay his bills. Whatever same he way, needs. Same I'm, way. I, whatever he... So I walk in and it's like I've been doing business with a guy for 10 years. Because if Ernie Carrillo called and yeah. gave you the stamp. But then you also have the weight. Like, I can't fuck this up because then I'm dirtying mm -hmm. up his name. Right. So when you started out and nobody knows you at all and you moved to Nicaragua and you start your own tobacco company, who helped you? Esteban. I mean, Esteban well, had been no, there. Exactly. Even, even before that, it was Jonathan Drew. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, so, so when we were looking for Broadleaf, it was, uh, you know, because at the time, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, you can't just go up and just say, hey, I want to buy. It's all done in free zones, right? So... When they import it in, it's it's you know you have to have a 382, which is the the local law to to be able to to buy from a from a, a distributor right that, that processes the tobacco. Um, so early on, um, Skip had knew Jonathan from kind of his retail days and blogger days, and so um, that actually he he called Gustavo up, yeah, because we were working with Renee, who was a, you know kind of his uh, he kind of ran it, but was not a an authoritative person to say, Hey, I can sell this to you in bulk. Right. And so Jonathan made the call and, and that was the very first kind of introduction to Gustavo. At the yeah. time. And, and, and people ask us to do that for them a lot now. Yeah. It's like, Hey, can you vouch for me with this guy? Can and you how particular are you? Because you I'm, don't want to very fuck it particular. Up. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't ever want to recommend somebody and then the guy stiffs the guy. Oh, and it's the it's worst. On, it's on you. Well, you know, people have been paying attention. I had recently had an issue with a guy I kind of endorsed that didn't, you know, work they didn't out. do it. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, all right. Final thoughts here on Cro-Magnon Aquitaine. Ninety-five percent cocoa chocolate, and but that lemon twist is still in there. Hmm. It's a it's a lemony, chocolatey with just a, a just a dusting of Celtic sea salt. And as you're going <laughs> down, you got to go from seven to eight at least, uh, built up in strength. I'll tell you what. I will give you a six point five. You hmm. were at a seven before. I was at a. I wrote it down just so you couldn't fuck with me. <laughs> All right. It says six right there. But but here's my question though, Jonathan. If you if you were going to go blend a cigar, and whatever that bullshit you just said is the thing that you, <laughs> is the thing that you like, what tobacco are you going to, to to put in your blend that gives you that flavor? That's a good question. That's what you have to learn. Because all this, I mean, if you're just a consumer. Um, because so many people lie about what's really in their cigars, it's hard to say, hey, I like 
I like this flavor in this cigar, and I heard that same tobacco is used here, and so I want to try this other cigar or whatever. I'm, I'm amazed that the consumer level cares about it, but they do, especially when you get into real geeking out over it and stuff, and they care about the ingredients of, you know, it tastes good, that's it, that's all I need, uh, but they care about it. And listen, there's different, just like there's different levels of weasels, there's different levels of consumers that, that you know, we kind of have to, with certain people, and I'm not going to mention Jim by name, but we, we need to uh, really have the blend information down because he likes specific tobaccos and he's dialing his flavor profile in. So there's guys that are at that level and then there's other guys that just want, I want a strong cigar under $10. Yeah, so what I would ask Jim, uh, and, and the wrapper is one thing because you can physically see it. Sure. And once you, once you, like I, you can put 20 cigars in front of me and I could probably tell you exactly what wrappers on all, all of them. Sometimes where they bought it just by looking at the cigar. But, um, you know, what I would do with some guy guy like Jim is I would lay out two or three different fillers and say, you say you like this, which one is that? But, you know, smoke all three of these, look at them, smell them. If you can pick out the one that you say you like, then we're going to have a further conversation. Okay. Otherwise, you're just bullshitting. Skip, you just sold three cigars for me because he's going to want to do it after the show today. (laughs) And he's shaking his head. Yes, he does. All right, let's go to break. When we come back, a brand new cigar. We're going to launch it here right now. Uh, Launched last night uh, at our grand opening of uh, the new Two Guys Smoke Shop Lounge in Nashville, New Hampshire. Uh, I learned a little about it. We're going to learn even more. We're going to tell you all about it when we return. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Are you a member of the Cigar Authority Care Package? Well, if not, my friend, the time is now. For just $29.99, you get four premium cigars delivered to your door each month. And we'll smoke those cigars along with you during the show. Is that really a benefit? I think it is. We will judge the construction, flavor, strength, and review the cigars, and you'll see how right or wrong we really are. You might be surprised. Four premium cigars delivered to you for just $29.99, and you can quit any time, but you won't. The value is incredible. Want to take the Cigar Authority Care Package to the next level? Sign up or upgrade to the Cigar Authority Care Package Prime. For just $5 more, you get an extra cigar and usually something special. That's five cigars each month, all different. Find the Cigar Authority Care Package on thecigarauthority.com and sign up now. That's the Cigar Authority Care Package. Agent Room 4, Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General warning, tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world, from exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations 
Fundamentals of Cigar Science Basics, this is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast, or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Justo and his father Julio Eiroa are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa Tobacco Farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family center company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. What's going on? This is Robert Kelly from Medfit, Massachusetts, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. I hope they have me back. I think I swore too much. We are back, powered by the West Tampa Tobacco Company, featuring West Tampa black and white West Tampa cigars. It's passion with a purpose. And uh, it is time to light up a brand new cigar, the launch of it. First off, thank you so much for launching it with us. Yep. Uh, very exciting because you don't come out with new cigars very often at all. And here's something new. Uh, Barry, are you prepared to do this? Yes, I am. All right. Today's second cigar is the Intemperance VO 1920. And it's manufactured in Nicaragua by Roma Craft Cigars. The size that we're smoking is the 5x50 called the Senator Volstead, which is a Robusto. It features an Ecuadorian Sumatra hybrid wrapper, Mexican San Andreas binder, and fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. We've been asked since the launch of this last night when people can buy this online. Wednesday, they will be available via a pack on twoguyscigars.com, 
We haven't made that pack up yet, but Wednesday at 12 noon, approximately, you'll be able to purchase these pre-releases. We're missing a cigar here. You had it. You had it, Skip. Oh, there he goes. He's playing. No, that, he took mine. I no. passed you two. Passed you two. Right. So where's mine? Oh, that's it. No, where's mine then? No. There were five. Somebody weaseled a cigar. We yeah, need we need another one. one. Here you go, Mike. Skip, did you notice Barry almost said sinister Volstead? It's because yes. he's a big drinker. He doesn't yes. like this. We'll, we'll catch you on the, oh, at the end of the we show. Thank, thank you on that. I thought you had uh, some juice. The name of the brand. Yeah, I don't want to drive it open bottle so it stays enclosed. The oh, name of the brand is Volstead, which you didn't. You said VO. Well, on the no. band, it says Intemperance VO 1920. Right. right, but what is the brand name? It's Intemperance Vol- VO 1920. It's not Volstead. It, the VO is Volstead. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's it going to say on the real band? Well, like Whiskey Rebellion is actually WR1794. You, got, you guys do that so <laughs> often with these letters and things. and you, They're in English. Calm down. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's all English. <laughs> it has to do with trademark law, and it has to, like, for example, in Europe, we can't sell things with the word whiskey. So it's WR1794. But you're in the U.S. Is this brand going to be called Volstead and it say is, Volstead on the band? It is Volstead. It will say Volstead on the band. And what is Volstead? Volstead was a senator in the, in the early 20th century, um, and he was the, the one who wrote the actual law that enabled uh, law enforcement, created the law enforcement behind the Prohibition Act. The, it, it called the Volstead Act. Yes. Of, and of 1919. It passed in 1919. Okay. But then it was vetoed. Oh. And it didn't actually get enacted until 19, January 1920. All right. Because mm-hmm. yeah. me and Ed Sullivan were doing a little research on it and said, yeah. uh, I think he got the date wrong. And right? I, I said Skip would not get a yeah. date yeah. wrong. So we had to dig deeper. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And um, when will the regular production be? It really depends on the cigars. They're produced. Um, yeah, here they are. We have all the packaging ready. Well, uh, I say here they are, but really not, right? <laughs> you had yeah. mentioned to the crowd yesterday that this is the blend before you went into production. Yeah, so the, the band here says pre-release. Um, so we did this with Wonderlust as well. So um, when, you, when you blend cigars, first of all, you blend with tobaccos. Like you go get you know one pack of this and one pack of that. And then you blend with uh, the tobacco until you come up with the blend. And then then you maybe try a few different kind of textures of binder and a few different things until you kind of get down to what the blend's going to be. Then you have to actually go procure the tobacco to make, to sustain years of production, right? Okay. So the tobacco you actually go and get turns out may be different than the tobacco you blended with sometimes. Really? Uh, because you were just going to get one pack of tobacco, and then now you got to go buy a hundred packs of tobacco. So, do you think they give you the the first pack of tobacco is the cream of the crop? Well, when you're blending, you look for the best tobacco okay. possible, right? right? So, so then what happens in this case, um, or in every case, then you make about a thousand, two thousand, three thousand cigars, and you make it maybe in different sizes. Because then you're saying, okay, how are we going to change the bunch? Like, I really, the blend is right, but in this size, you've got to do the break different. You've got to put different pieces back in and different places. You know, in this particular one, I want the strong fillers to be at the front of the bunch or the back of the bunch or whatever. And how many thousand? You make thousands of them to test this? Yeah, you make them different ways. Okay. So there'll be like, 
you know, this is the blend that won, but this is the one, for example, um, we made some with a Criollo tobacco and some with a Corojo tobacco. Uh, d- different seeds, but from the same provider. Okay. So which, you know, once in this, in this size, which one works better, et cetera. Based on texture and all that. Right. And how many sizes well will they be? Um, so all the sizes in Whiskey Rebellion same. are the same sizes in, okay. in Volstead. They just have different names. All right. So this particular uh, size, the wrapper that we used was a hybrid Sumatra wrapper that we, that we got from Pachardo and Luciano. And um, they had used it on the, Mar- the one of the Crown Heads limited, Limitados, the Sumatra Limitado. And I really liked it. And it was the first Sumatra that I kind of could smoke. Yeah, it's interesting you're saying it because <laughs> Ed, Ed Sullivan's not a fan <laughs> of Sumatra either. Right. But you had this last night. Yeah. And? And it's very good. I'm hoping the tweak you make will put it in solidly in my wheelhouse. Yeah, so what happened was is w- one of the trips to the Dominican, I actually found a better hybrid of, of Sumatra that they call Cameroon. Um, and that's a long, complicated thing. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I like that wrapper better. So these samples have the first wrapper, the first 12,000 we made, and then the production is all the the – what the Rappers final a little different yeah so what so, so this will have some value in 10 years it's a pre-release it's like wonderlust when we got wonderlust the wrapper that we used on the pre-release was a little bit lighter and i didn't like it as much and so we went and looked for darker wrapper and so the production so some people say they like the pre-releases better than the yeah. production but um yeah so so the actual production will be a little bit different and in this in this line when we buy sumatra has a lot of variety of color and so what, even within the dark Sumatra that we're using, what we call the risotto is what's in the line. But then our limitados in this line are going to be what we call the dark Sumatra. Okay. You, you were saying uh, you brought an analogy up uh, earlier to me that, um, you know, there's certain sounds only dogs can hear. And then somebody will say, well, you know, that sound or whatever. And it, it, it's so obscure, nobody's going to get it. And the same, I'm going to probably go on taste that, you know, the regular average guy, this tweak that you, final tweak that you made, everything's the same except this one varietal difference that maybe somebody's going to pick up on this. That uh, so. I hope someone picks up on the fact that it's 17, 18 minutes into this segment and we still haven't cut the cigar <laughs> or right. lit it. Let's do it. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo was the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo... Cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, excellence. And excellence. Yeah, so in this case, the consumers will get to actually kind of buy this and then see the evolution of the blend. Yeah, and, and maybe save a couple back when it comes in and then, you know, not try to remember, but go right, uh, back right. to back with it. And, go, oh, and hopefully most of them will say, man, I'm glad Skip went with this Made other. It, right. Yeah. Or they say... You know what? The other one was better, and you make a whole different brand. Or you yeah. make a line with, with this wrapper instead of that now, wrapper. Skip, oh. the, the latest wrapper, does that taste less Sumatra? Yes, less Sumatra. <laughs> yeah, I figured kinda that's like what a, you were going for. Kind of like our Candela tastes less Candela. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Raisiny. Yeah. Raisiny taste. A little bit, yeah. yeah. We're going to light our cigar today with the Cyclone by Vertigo, featuring a flip top with three jets fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. You've got easy adjustment at the bottom, all for the low price of $12.99 or two for $20 at twoguyscigars.com. That is the Cyclone 
by Vertigo. Skip, Ted Hughes wants to know, do you blend cigars for yourself or do you blend them with your consumer in mind? Yeah, always for myself. And then what I do is I'll bring, I'll bring a couple of bundles back to the office, uh, different, different kind of where I'm trying to narrow it down. And, and I'll put them all just in our cabinet, and then I'll kind of check to see which ones got smoked the most <laughs> okay. and to see if they agree with me. So one thing I notice when I light your cigar all the time is that the wrapper didn't quite make it all the way to the end of the cigar. Well, on Intemperance, the wrapper doesn't even go to the end of the cigar. Yeah, we, we, because, because when we started with BA, the, it's real hydroscopic, so, so you generally cut the cigar before you wrap Atapadaka. And so what we ended up doing, instead of doing that extra step, is we just made the wrapper a little bit shorter. So you get a little bit of the filler and binder before the wrapper hits. So you start, as you're beginning to, to wrap it, you're wrapping on the foot. Yeah. And right down, yeah? Right. And not trim cutting it at that point. Right. Oh. What yeah, and in- the rollers don't like that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like people, new people that come in the factory are like, why do you do this? And it's like, well, it's like people say, why do you put two labels instead of just making, printing one label that looks like that? Right. It's like, well, because I don't want to. So okay. I have a specific flavor on this. That has a similarity to a flavor I got in the first cigar we smoked, that uh, Cro-Magnon Aquitaine. Is there a tobacco that crosses over? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's so that tobacco has a lemon zest flavor to me. So whatever that is, I like it. Yeah, um, the acidic kind of citrusy thing yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, it's bordering uh, between citrusy and peppery. It's right at that zest. Yeah, that's section. the. That's the. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So which tobacco Did you talk there? about the blend, Barry? I just mentioned the uh, countries, Ecuador, Sabacha Hybrid Wrapper, Mexican San Andreas Binder, Dominican and Nicaraguan Fillers. Yeah. So this has, um, so we, one of the things we talked about yesterday was we kind of have painted ourselves in a corner with, with our kind of core line where if we can't find Esteli Lajero, we can't make anything. <laughs> if we can't find this specific Dominican Criollo, we can't make anything. 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 Because, and if we can't find good Indonesian binder, we can't make anything. So this cigar, one of the things we wanted to really, because when we don't have one of those things, we, have, we, make, we make Baca, we make Wonderlust, we make the things that, that don't use those tobaccos, yeah. like Honduran tobacco and other things. So on this one, instead of using Esteli, we wanted to use Condega. And instead of using Penuela, we wanted to use... Um, uh, uh, there's another because one of the, the reason why I really got into Sumatra is Ernie Carrillo mm. kind of taught me the dark arts of Ecuador Sumatra, which he loves. And now yeah. you're working on a project with him for your 50th birthday, which also has Ecuador Sumatra. Yeah. Yeah. When is your 50th birthday? Uh, July 72. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, over a year ago, and yeah. it will be two years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it had to be right. So yeah, it's yeah. a cigar industry that's on time. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you know the crazy thing about it is, is you know our 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 blending process is 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 a pretty long process, right? So when we got into to, to you know into this process with Ernie, you know they're over there going, "What are you guys doing?" You know, like 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 it should just be like, "Hey, pick this cigar and I'll put your label on it," right? And it's like that's that's not a collaboration. Like, let's get into that's the right. nitty gritty. That's right? not so, a real collaboration. Right. You hear these things. It, that word is thrown thrown out so much. That it's it's a collaboration with this one guy. What is Ernesto like to work with? I mean, yeah, is if he you a psychopath like you guys are, or? if you didn't really get into like three or four pretty heated arguments, 
You didn't collaborate. Yeah. If, if somebody <laughs> I mean, didn't drop the F-bomb to the other guy, it, it, it's not a collaboration. I, I mean, you can ask Ernie when you see him in a couple of weeks, but there were a couple of times where he had to walk out of the room. Yeah. Or I had to walk out of the room <laughs> or, you know, we said, we, we got to stop talking about, let's talk about something else because um, we got really heated on a couple of things. And, you know, he has a new a new manager, general manager at uh, Alianza, uh, Mikey, yes. Jorge Mikey from Habanos, who has a whole different perspective about tobacco than he does. So there was this weird thing where uh, Ernesto Jr. and uh, Lissette and Mikey, they were all trying to, to, to kind of corral Ernie into their little way of seeing things. And so they, they kind of all three were trying to co-op me. Hey, get Ernie, get Ernesto to do it. Do it my way, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, so, and then I was using them to, hey, can you, can you nudge Ernesto, you know. So the first thing Ernesto will say is, we've been friends a long time. But the second thing I'll say is, Skip is a humongous pain in the ass. Yeah. So, um, which any chef going into somebody else's kitchen, right? That's well, what you I, did. I'm as my way is my way. Yeah. You know. Another thing that was happening was, I I've been. I've been very involved in blending cigars, at least since Neanderthal. Um, Cro-Magnon was really Mike trying to recreate something with, her, uh, with Esteban. Yeah. Uh, BA was very similar to the Toronto 59, so that kind of mainly came from Esteban, and we said the one that we liked the most and why. EC was really La, La Traviata. I don't know if you remember that cigar. Sure. When it first came out, how, you know, EC is that with a little, little bit of a change. Um, it, you know, you can call it what you want, but there's only so many kinds of tobacco. There's no nothing new in the world. So you thought about things that you liked along the way and say, okay, my version of that. Right. So once we got past those three core things, Aquitaine is just Cro-Magnon with a different wrapper because we didn't have enough broadleaf. So Neanderthal took me about two years, but I blended Neanderthal. And um, it was kind of what I call my master thesis. And then every cigar after that really was me saying, this is what I want. Let's go. Esteban obviously had a lot of input on it. But Baco, Wanderlust, um, Whiskey Rebellion, those were things that I, that I did. But there, when Esteban kind of departed from us, just perception-wise, I said to Mike, I said, anything we come out with now has to be better. Because, because now there's, you know, people are automatically going to say, well, Esteban's not there anymore. You're so right. Esteban was the real tobacco guy. So I was even, you know, harder on myself about it being perfect for me. Yeah. What's and, the major difference between how you're blending and how Ernesto's blending and why how could I you know I just don't understand how it could possibly get heated. You're a customer walking in and saying, "You we're going to work on a project together. This is the direction I'd like to go." How is the answer not, "Yes, sir, let me go get the tobaccos?" Well, first of all, <laughs> it's my factory. I'll make it. The, the majority of the, the real hard discussions were around process. Like, how do you bunch? Like, for example, we use base leaf bunching in the hand, and, and we, we close in the Lieberman, whereas um, Ernie doesn't believe in base leaf blending. He, he, he blends in the Lieberman. Um, that was the big one, and I okay. lost that battle. Oh, wow. But, I, but um, actually, Luciano was down there one of the trips, and he kind of helped us compromise where we use a second um we kind of do a base leaf in the lieberman so it, it and then another thing is we use a tobacco one of the tobaccos we don't he doesn't uh, ernie doesn't like doing uh more than three tobaccos generally yeah um so 
one of the things we did was we snuck a fourth tobacco in by saying, if you have to fill what we call relleno or filling, we use a completely different tobacco for relleno. Oh, wow. So, so I, I, not, I, I snuck when, my fourth tobacco in. So when in. you strip the, the leaf out, you put that aside, and you're putting another tobacco in. So it. If, once you do the original bunch, if, it, if, if you need to fill, you fill with a fourth completely different wow. wrap. So what typically it would be what, what you pull, though. Yeah, and another thing I would say is, um, and, and I, saying it in the nicest way possible, is Ernie is a lot more focused on the economics of the cigar than I am, especially with this project. And you're the custom pan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, charge me whatever, but make it the way I want. So in that, in that sense, um, it's like, well, why would you do that? You know, that's rollers won't like doing that. It's extra work. I'm like, well, pay them more. It's like, I, you know, no. And I'm so, so we, so, um, at the end of it, I think I just had broke him down to the point where he's like, I just want to fucking get through with this. And then, so how many cigars you're making? Uh, fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. That's yeah. it. And, Vol- and Volstead's going to be continuing. Continuous. You, yeah. Yeah. So we'll probably be making this year about two hundred thousand Volstead, and and probably in that one fifty to two fifty range. In time for PCA, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We, we started making them in November. And and how about Ernie's? Um, we started making that a year ago. So <laughs> that'll be ready for PCA too. Hopefully um, before. Hopefully before. Oh, okay. Uh, I actually had, cause I'm very particular. It's coming up quick, man. I it's have 84, to, <laughs> but it's less than that. I'm having away. to ship, ship him the boxes from Nicaragua. I had to ship him the labels yeah. from Nicaragua. So there is some, you know, extra things that I don't, plus it's two labels. His ladies don't like doing the two labels. Yeah. They have to line up perfectly. So I did a much smaller project. We did have the firecracker coming out with <laughs> him, but it was a two-year, <laughs> yeah, two-year thing. Well, one yeah. thing that I will say that I think is really kind of important to that conversation piece is there was a lot of things that were going on at our personal factory when when Skip's fiftieth was kind of going on, and I think the the cool thing about the whole evolution of that is is, is we were kind of at this this kind of junction of saying okay. If we have to buy Esteban out of the factory and we have to kind of go to other places to look at doing production, you know, even though this other conversation piece had already kind of started, like the the, the 50th had been in, in talks. But then when Skip got to the Dominican and it was like, hey, let's go look at other tobaccos because we've kind of exhausted all the Nicaraguan things that we are exposed to all the time. But I want to go, you know, look at things that we've never seen before, right? And so in that moment, it was like this kind of rebirth of uh, seeing this kid in the candy shop going, okay, well, what about this? And how much is that? And how much can we get to this? And, and, and have you had this before? I've never had that before. Okay, well, let's get into it and kind of restart this whole process of kind of where we started at back in 2010, right? And so when he came back after that first kind of, you know, exploratory kind of conversation, it was like all of a sudden he came back with this vigor of like, dude, you know, I think we need to do this. We got into the expansion of of kind of this bodega stuff that we started getting into. Yeah. It pre, was, it, yeah, it was like you know, we got to rethink everything. We've got to you know, we've got to make changes in this, and we got to look at. And all of a sudden, it was like this this energy because you know when he's living in SLE and he's kind of doing the redundancy of just being in SLE and complaining about not having good food and he's got to cook his own food and life sucks and yada yada. Then all of a sudden, it was like 
dude, this is the skip that I've been looking for. You yeah. know, it's like all of a sudden it's like, well, let's go. Like I'm here for it. Right. right. So come alive. You, you look up and all Mike of a sudden, is all for me doing more work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but so, it's like your store, your store, you just put all this money into to rebuild. Yeah. If you had a 50, 50 partner in business and you were the one that was going to have to put up all the capital for that store, you hold off on a lot of projects because if your partner doesn't have capital, yeah. there are things that you know, you want to do that you need to do that you, that you work around because you're not going to just keep pouring money in when your partner doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So um, when, when we, well, plus we had all the COVID money. Yeah. You know, we, we got, you know, we, we had never borrowed a penny ever for 10 years. Wow. And then all of a sudden the government's saying, can we give you millions of dollars right. for 2% interest? And we're like, okay, we'll do that. Right. Right. <laughs> well, it's going to buy tobacco. So, yeah. Well, showing off a little bit, I did get to try that cigar. You were nice enough to give me a sample of uh, the, the it's called Ken Quagenario. That's what it's going to be called. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ken Quagenario. Rolls Quagenario. right off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Why? 50s was already taken. Well, so, El Wawense was taken as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if somebody's a 70, they're a septuagenarian. Oh, all right. Okay. So if someone's 50, they're a quinceagenarian. Oh, I know. And in an Italian, it's quinquagenario. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, no Nicaraguan tobacco in it. None. It's, it's and the, it tastes like it's nothing but. It tastes like a Nicaraguan puro. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to, to do is I wanted to say... I can make cigars in the Dominican with a Dominican tobacco that are as full flavored and you did as and that tastes like a Roma Craft cigar. So most people who smoke it, they go, "It's definitely a Roma Craft cigar. Um, it's different, but there's got to be Nicaraguan tobacco, right? And, and it's not. It's one leaf of Ecuador tobacco. The binder is Nicar is Dominican. The fillers are Dominican. Amazing, amazing cigar right there. Um, okay. Um, when um, one one quick thing before we go to break, uh, wh what is this uh, podcasting talking shit about Barry? About this <laughs> podcast is talk uh, The rule here is we can talk shit about Barry, but they nobody else can talk mm -hmm. shit about Barry because he's one of us. <laughs> yeah, and basically, I think Dave just said I'm his bitch. Well, basically, <laughs> nah, Barry no Barry some, saw somebody with the number one dad mug. Okay, and then he said, "No, Dave has the number one dad mug." <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm just hearing this now, but uh, we're smoking Volstead. What's your initial? This is your first time, Barry. Or this is my third night? time. Okay, uh, got one last night. Bought a 12 pack yesterday at the event. Yep, it's definitely different than anything that in the Roma Craft line. Uh, I think Jonathan Amiwi called it the greatest Roma Craft cigar he smoked. Uh, it's it's good. Um, I'm curious to see what the finished product is. No buyer's remorse. Very flavorful. Nice amount of strength. Better for me. It, it's mm. a step down from a uh, the first cigar we smoked, uh, for sure. Uh, toothy wrapper that's on it. What was the wrapper again? It's a, a hybrid Ecuador Sumatra. Yeah, uh, because it's it's thick also. It seems <laughs> like, you know, usually uh, Ecuador is a thinner wrapper, but because it's a Sumatra... Yeah, I mean it's a seven, six, seven uh, yeah. priming, um, and it's fermented a little bit longer. Are we uh, blowing off the poll question of the week? No, let's do it. Let's do the poll question of the week, and it's brought to you by Victor Sinclair Cigars. Well, four weeks ago we started with sixteen random cigar companies. We got down to the final two. Aladino got here by beating CLE Asylum, Aganorsa Leaf, and Padrone. They matched up against Perdomo, 
who beat Drew Estate, Atoro Fuente, and unfortunately, Roma Craft. Saw that one coming. Uh, so Aladino and Perdomo went head-to-head. The final vote is in, and our listeners have voted Aladino wow. as the best of the 16 with 51.5% of the wow. vote. Wow. Not where close. I thought that would have went. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird validation for Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got an email about that, so I'm trying not to comment. Yeah, that's a weird place for you to be, right? He's going to be humble because this is the one time where he knows he was right. He was right no matter what. Well, Skip, most things about Jonathan are weird. Yeah. You may have noticed. True. And uh, we have a new poll question of the week up this week. We went the musical route. Uh, get away from cigars for a couple of weeks, and then we'll switch back. Okay. All right, let's take a break, Ed Sullivan. When we come back, uh, let's get political. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> no chance. We have a confessional to get to, three emails, a prize to give away, and much more. We are live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1989, Nestor and Mariana Miranda have subscribed to one family, one vision with Miami Cigar and Company. Since their inception, the Miranda family has fulfilled their dream by creating some of the best cigars on the market today. Cigars like Nestor Miranda Special Selection, which is produced in Nicaragua, featuring an oily Nicaraguan Habano wrapper that the Cigar Authority named their 2019 Cigar of the Year. And the Don Lino Africa, which celebrates Nestor's love of big game animals. These soft box-pressed cigars feature an authentic Cameroon binder, which creates delicious nuances and crescendos. Miami Cigar invites you to try these brands at your favorite tobacconist. You only have one life. How will you live yours? Experience the rich tradition of the legendary H. Upman brand with the latest addition to their iconic 1844 line. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo uses a rich, well-balanced blend of Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican tobaccos and an extra-aged wrapper that offers a deep aroma with a bold finish. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo is sure to please adult smokers looking for a delicious, handmade, premium smoke that is aged to perfection. Surgeon General warning, tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. 
that Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. This is Mickey Pegg from All Saints Cigars, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. We are back, powered by West Tampa Tobacco Company, featuring West Tampa black and white West Tampa cigars, passion with purpose. I have Mike Rosales and Skip Martin here from Roma Craft Cigars. We're smoking a new cigar coming out at the PCA trade show, or maybe before, called Volstead. And uh, it's something different from them. They don't come out with a lot of new cigars, but uh, we'll have them available on Two Guys Cigars on Wednesday. Yes. Wednesday. Yeah, Monday we have the Rojas Elote, which Mm. is the Rojas Firecracker. Oh, that's this Monday coming. Monday at uh, 10 a.m. And then Tuesday we got the care packages going out. So Wednesday the Volstead will be available. One thing at a time. Busy week. So you smoked a lot of Weaselitos this week. I mm. did. So you do like Lanceros. So explain <laughs> the Wizzolito how that works. So it's a, it's a Lancero. It's bunched as a Lancero. And then we cut it in half and use kind of smaller pieces of wrapper to make the small cigars. So the, the, you save these wrappers because they were the leftover or whatever, but you could never make a full Lancero to it. But you make the Lancero first and then cut it in half. And yes, I did like it. I liked True it a lot. True or false, that the, the half Lancero makes your fingers look longer, <laughs> therefore less fast. Yes, because I'm smoking a Lancero, and therefore, and you see my hand, and you say, oh, his hand is, in, is enormous, but it's not out of proportion the <laughs> way it really is. So some of the guys from Delaware, and I'm not, I'm not going to point out which one, but one of them said, I got an up-close look at Dave's hands last night, and... Uh, yeah, they're big. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not long, but it sure is thin. <laughs> now, here's the thing on this um, Weaselito. There's two sides to a Weaselito because one was made with, is the head, and then it stops halfway, and the other one is from the halfway down to the foot of the cigar. Now it's made, and you can look at it, you can tell which side you end up having. Pay attention to it if you ever get the possibility to smoke these. Will we have these? You have a bunch of them. Yeah, we've had them in the past, and we have a bunch of them now. So maybe include they, they that might, in the pack. They might be in the pack. All right, yeah. We'll, if you can, include Yes, we're going to game plan about them tomorrow, so we're going to try our best to And if you them. could, and it's say you were using, and there's two different versions, but if you used one, give them a, a front and a back or a left and right or how a would you say that? Top, top and a bottom. Top and a Jonathan. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, the jo- I like the joke yesterday better when you used that because you included Barry in the shit talk. Yeah. But they taste different. 
Yeah, because the the break is different. The bottom the bottoms are more mild, and the the tops are a little stronger. And if you were to smoke it as a full cigar, the mo- the bottom would be milder as it went on, and then end up. So I up can't be the bottom because I'm stronger than that. <laughs> <laughs> He's a strong bottom. Power bottom. Power, Power bottom. bottom. <laughs> I don't know all the language like you guys, but <laughs> sure you don't. <laughs> Anyway, we have Fat Finger Cigars, the Cigar Authority's 13th anniversary cigar, still available. There's still some of them uh, if you want to get them. Hurry up uh, because they're going slow. And, and, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and you can cut them in half. You can. You can cut them in half if you want. Um, and um, also, we have the Cigar Draft. How's that going? Uh, it's going good. Uh, we alluded to last week that Ed's in the lead, and it's still in the lead. You're yeah. welcome. I'm, in, I'm still in second place. Yep, Barely. Still. But I'm in second place, yeah, mm-hmm. so if, if there's a push to Dave Cigar, it could could go. We have a date till May. May 1st, so yeah. next okay. weekend will be the last weekend yeah. we talk about It'll it. It'll need to be a big push. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big. It's not all that big. Can, can, can we get all these guys one of the Volstead so they can smoke it with us? Sure, sure. Yeah, if they go buy a pack downstairs. No, I, no I'm go give them one, and then they'll buy a pack. All right. Yeah, first so, one's always free. So whoever, whoever can do that. Any one of you want to run downstairs and grab a... There you go. Looks like John Dahl yeah. forgot. Yeah. Thank you, John. It's good to see John actually doing something. Yeah. John, just uh, <laughs> John, tell Trevor to take that out under Dave. Well, the, they, the chat room was, there were a bunch that wasn't was even asking in the for John. All right. Chat room was asking for John. Yeah, Tyler was asking for him. <laughs> T- Tyler, if he's so horny, he's in I the thought chat Tyler room. was flying up for this. Yeah, Tyler's seeking validation. I yeah. Think. <laughs> Last week we talked succession plan. If you listen to the show. And uh, you guys have any plan? Of course. Well, yeah. You guys, the redundancy. What for we each call other? what we call BCRP, business continuity and recovery plan. Ah, hmm. this is something I have to work on. Ed knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, is this in your head or it's written down? Um, it's Both? kind of process and documented. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you're by yourself, man, you know. You guys are answering thing. that question like Mickey Peg answers questions. <laughs> what is the plan? Or can you? No, not you say don't it? have to answer. Well, the it's, plan. It's, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I would tell you, like, for example, we, we never fly on the same airplane together. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, they we talked the, about it. Though. At the core of the plan is there's things that I do that I teach Mike's wife to do because Mike and all these other slapdicks aren't really capable of doing it. <laughs> so, so my plan is generally to get Jamie and Arlen, my wife, up to speed on things that these guys obviously are never going to be able to do. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it, it's complicated because you're doing two separate things. You could not jump into his role, and you could not jump into his role as it is now. Yes, I no. think Mike could do my stuff really much easier than I could do his. Really, I would have yeah. thought the opposite. You would have said no, no. I've trained well, the people. Skip's at the factory. not a slapdick. Mike is, yeah. and that's the real reason. <laughs> yeah. I've trained the people at the factory very well. You know, Mike. And the the reason why I'm partners with Mike is because Mike was a tobacco guy before even yeah. I knew anything about tobacco. Okay. But um, yeah, he's done it before. Yeah, the okay. challenge for Mike would be able to be able to spend the time he needed to in Nicaragua with kids. So that's why Arlen is a critical piece of that, and I have a very good team in Nicaragua. We, yeah, we spend a lot of time uh, enabling and empowering people to. Yeah, but you got you got a long time. You're 50 yeah. years old. I'm I'm the guy that's getting old. <laughs> well, I'm not taking the bowl full of pills yet, like, no. like Barry. <laughs> I thought that was multivitamins. It's <laughs> freaking getting out of control. It is getting out of control. Time to. Harry, Talk, if one, listen to Jonathan if a your bit. erection lasts longer than four hours, seek medical attention. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's seek, seek more women. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now it's time for the confessional. It's brought to you by All Saints Cigars. 
It's time for the confessional. Brought to you by All Saints Cigars, featuring the All Saints St. Francis. Voted the 2021 Cigar of the Year. All Saints Cigars. In the name of the Churchill, Toro, and Robusto. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And how long has it been, my son, since your last St. Francis uh, uh, confession? It's been one week since my last confession. And what is it that you have to confess today, my son? All right. I need you to do your best to not interrupt. Oh, All right. boy. Please. By I'm the begging way, you. By the way, I spent a good two hours talking to Mickey about how to improve this whole segment. Oh, good. Oh, great. So what, what did manufacturers talk about? <laughs> the confessional Mickey, segment. Mickey can tell you in the chat room, we spent two solid hours talking about how to make this better. The following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. And Anonymous writes, hello, ladies and Mr. J. Shh. I have a confessional. I just lied in my opening line. Wait, that's not it. My confession is much worse. I was in Tampa this past week and was able to tour El Relojo, the J.C. Newman factory. Relojo. Thank you. (laughs) And it was beyond cool. Such a great experience. I was with my parents and my mother needed to use the elevator to go down the three flights at the end of the tour. If you haven't seen the elevator, it's a freight elevator, which opens from the outside only. And my mother was explicitly told not to touch anything. (laughs) Um, Dave's got a question. He raised this. No, hand you up. don't get to interrupt for any reason. <laughs> All right. What do you want to say? Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> Not interrupting. Go ahead. As the rest of us took the stairs down, we ran into Eric. This can't go well. He was very knowledgeable and awesome to hear from. While he was talking, my mom had texted me asking to get out of the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it, but I wanted to see if Eric would be done soon. It's not a chance. He spoke for about 15 minutes. I also had to get a picture with him. We finally made it the rest of the way down the stairs and ran into Drew, which I then had to let the tour guide know to let my mother out of the elevator. (laughs) Long story short, I let my mom sit in the elevator for 15 minutes while I got to take a picture with Eric Newman. I turn to you, the authority to all things cigars, in genuine repentance, and to rid me of my sins. Thank you all. Amen. All right, Ed Sullivan, that's a tough one. Leave your mother 15 minutes in a locked elevator. And that feels like an hour. Oh, jeez. You're an animal. For your penance, you must buy and smoke one full box of All Saints cigars this week. All right, that'll get them off the hook. Was that part of your your master plan with Mickey Pank having the listeners write in? (laughs) Was that you? No. You have better ideas? That's what he brought us. That may have been one of the things. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't my idea, but yeah, that's a good that's a good idea. Not bad. Does Not he have bad. to does he have to smoke the full box like back to back? Well, there was a lot. Of, first of all, we smoked. just within a week. Oh, within a week. He's that conversation probably followed about two pounds of meat. Nice. And and a bottle of Florida Cognac. So I don't remember a lot about the conversation. <laughs> gaps. There's gaps. Next week on the show we have. Uh, 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 Guille and J.R. Dominguez uh, coming up. Uh, we have two different manufacturers at the same time, and we have 50 yes or no questions for manufacturers. 50 is a lot. I'm at 45 already, so I'm almost there. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. That's my plan. Not much time for conversation. There's plenty because we're going to talk about each question as it we'll goes We'll just on. do the rest of them in the after show, and then we got all that. All right. right. That's going to be an all-day podcast. <laughs> yeah. May 6th, uh, 
and the care packages are going out, so uh, I'll spill the beans on uh, the May 6th episode. That's when the, the tickets are going to be sold for the Cigar Expo. Mm. And um, as you know, we're having, um, what's the proper word for it? Little people. Little micro. People. Micro wrestling. That's the proper word for it. Um, so we're going to have a cigar battle royal. We're going to put a whole bunch of cigar brands in the ring, and then we're going to have them fight with each other, throw them out, out of the ring. Do you throw them off the stage? Throw, throw them off the, out of the ring, <laughs> and then there's going to be somebody. But there'll be conversation in between mm-hmm. of who, who's doing what, um, and we're going to talk about the Cigar Expo and give you a, a, a rundown of if the tickets are sold out and what, what is happening as it's going on. And Dan Davison, who's uh, helping put that whole thing together, is going to join us uh, on that uh, show. So uh, that'll be upcoming shows for there. As far as the after show, uh, you guys are going to do the after show with us after. And I just heard that uh, we're going to tell some stories, including... Uh, well, the start of the after show was really Skip saying the conversation that happens immediately after the show and during the breaks is his favorite part of coming up and doing the show. Yes. He loves doing the show, but the right. shit that we talk about just kind of off the cuff and those stories and those conversations are what he lives for. I mean, for. he loves it so much he comes up every four years or right. so. Right. right. <laughs> Whether he needs to or not, yeah. it's there. So, okay, we'll get to that. Right, um, we got a prize to give away. Yeah. And maybe we'll let Mike talk in the afternoon. Oh, yes. Let's not go crazy. Uh, this week's prize is brought to you by the fine folks at Trinidad Cigars. They're giving away a boombox and a domino set. Nice. And uh, the following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of the CigarAuthority.com. And Bryce writes, for the love of lectins. Mm. Hey, guys, and Mr. J, after listening to the anniversary show, hearing Mr. J try to put cigars into the cigar into a song... And then hearing other people try to tie a song to it, I thought I would give it a whirl. Fat Fingers by Ram Jam. Oh, Fat Fingers, bam a lamb. Oh, Fat Fingers, bam a lamb. Fat Fingers had a child. Bam a lamb. All right. So that's Bryce. Gone wild. Do you know what Dave's uh, karaoke song is? It's tequila. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant, by yeah. the way. Um, so we're... You're going to hear three of them. We're going to pick which the best one to win the prize. So that was Bryce, and uh, that was Bamalam, right? Yeah, right. And Austin right? Yeah, it's Bamalam. <laughs> Austin writes, Dear Cigar Authorities, last week Dave talked about succession plans and how he doesn't think anyone that works for him is an entrepreneur. However, if they would have quit and tried something else that they're passionate about, then Dave would have said, they just didn't want it or they just didn't want to work. It seems like there's no winning with Dave. Unless it's him doing everything. Have you worked for him? <laughs> it's, he's pretty spot on. Just, <laughs> just a thought that Dave needs to start finding a way to delegate or have a successor so he can start training them as soon as possible. But I doubt he trusts anyone else to do as good a job as he does. And mm-hmm. will probably just run the shop until he eats one too many slices of pizza or too much Chinese food. See, why do you have to go Love down the that show? Way. Why do you have to go down there? I because your good. two favorite food groups are pizza and Chinese food. Yeah. yeah. Don't they forget food the donuts. <laughs> By the way, he's wrong. We had a whole discussion about, about your commentary on Ed. And, you know, and the thing is... I agree 100% with you. There are people who are entrepreneurial. You know, they're, yeah. they're not. It doesn't make them a bad person. Yeah, like, and then there's people who, who are, you know, some people need a paycheck, and some people just don't think. People are not, people are risk averse. They don't yeah, think like yeah. entrepreneurs. 
They, and you know the only person that knows it is the entrepreneur. But the thing is, people like you and me need people like Ed. Of course. Or the whole thing would come off the of rails. Of course. Yeah. But on the flip side of it, right? So, so you made a comment about you know if he's on vacation and he has to come up here and work because it's not getting done. That's what a, that's what an owner would do, right? That's so, the owner. That's different, right? Yeah. So, but I mean, that's that's he, he treats it as his own, and and believe me, he's been over thirty years with me and gives it a hundred percent. Sure. It's the back end part that I worry about, not the, the daily things. Hey, I, I hope I'm wrong. We should save this for the after show, though. Yeah. I'm giving away some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll save no, it. No, but the, 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 that memo is wrong. That email's wrong. Mm. That guy's off base. All right, so you're not going to be voting for Austin. You, no. might, you might like Was Garrett. there a song? I didn't hear a song. There was no, no song there. No. Okay. Uh, Garrett writes through the Contact Us page Aladino versus Perdomo. Mm. I've been listening to the Cigar Authority for about four years now, and I can say without a doubt that Mr. J is undoubtedly torn now. <laughs> what will he do? Who will he support? Or will he go through countless packs of tube socks and lotion, <laughs> knowing that his two beloved man crushes are duking it out in the final? Which one has lectins? Jesus, just shoot me now. Barry, you minuscule <laughs> snob. This is your dream. <laughs> Mr. J has to choose who to love or wait. Is this your worst nightmare? Do you want Mr. J to finally have to choose his love or will it make your ears bleed listening to Mr. J fight between himself and his one true love for two hours? Dave, not sure how this helps or hurts your fat fingers, but good luck. Ed, just silence the mic so we don't have to mis hear Mr. J gloating about Aladino and Perdomo, Barry bitching, and Dave complaining about fat fingers or Lanceros. All jokes aside, I thoroughly enjoy the podcast each week. I've never been to New Hampshire, but I sort of feel like I know each of you just a little bit. I've learned a lot from the show. Keep up the good work. All right, who's got the best email? I'd say the last one. I like last it. one. Yeah. All right. The last guy got it, and that's what Mr. Jonathan would pick to. That, that is Garrett. Garrett, uh, send Barry that, and he'll send him a prize. And there we go for there. I have uh, a question came in to me. Um, Don Knott writes, uh, question suggestion for upcoming shows with cigar manufacturers. Always trying to learn from successful people. What, key, what keys do they attribute their success to? If they could live anywhere else, where would it be? And any new growing areas besides Central America around the globe for growing areas? You've seen a lot in China. China growing areas. Yeah. They're trying. They're yeah. trying to steal every idea they can. Have you tried the Chinese tobacco? It's horrible. Horrible. <laughs> it's flavorless. I know. Yeah. So, so Because I've had that's samples cause, before. That's because they haven't put MSG in It's so yet. bad. <laughs> That uh, at Intertobac in Europe, um, they were doing samples of Chinese tobacco, and we were all standing around going, "This is this is Indonesian tobacco. This is Dominican. This, none of this is Chinese tobacco." I had it from Great Wall one year at the trade show. I was talking with them, and they said here, and they gave it to me, and it was just like, yeah. "Hey, it'll increase consumption though, because twenty minutes later you'll want another there one." Here we go, like Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And uh, what what do you uh, attribute your success to? Hard work and, you know. Yeah, I mean, those are the basics. Yeah. Those are the prerequisites. I, I think the biggest um, thing for us is, um, and Mike can agree or disagree, but Mike and I had a lot of discussions before we started the company, and the number one thing we did was we figured out where we could compete and win, meaning 
we, we, there's no way we're going to ever grow and be big enough to compete with people like Rocky and General and other people. So know what, what their space is and always stay committed to competing in that space. Um, setting our production limits. Yeah, yeah. That is very interesting to me uh, of, of that and, and never chasing to the next level, which is the entrepreneurial natural thing to end up doing, but the pressure is off for you. You say, no, this it, is all it, we do. it's actually the opposite because it's really? like what you said before. Instead of us focusing on top line revenue growth, we focus on bottom line uh, productivity of revenue, right? So what we focus on is continuously getting more efficient and better. And then your profit will grow if you do it. Which it's, 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 it's as much work. Sometimes when you're growing all the time, you, you, you use your growth. AJ is a great example of this. You use your growth to offset your inefficiencies and offset your, where your processes aren't. And then you get to a point where you're so big that these things that were little problems when you were smaller become huge problems. Right, right. So, and then you have to go back and fix them, which takes you completely off your course. So um, th- there's, there's positives and negatives to both, but for us... Um, well, the easiest way, and I dare say it, but I'm going to say it, which could hurt me, is raise your price. Because, frankly, you have an underpriced product. I love it. I love the whole idea of what it is, but you have a very top-quality, full-bodied cigar at the most reasonable price Dave, that there is. stop talking. I know, <laughs> but why don't you do that? Why isn't that a... Well, I mean, we, we, we have raised prices. Um, like our broadleaf has gotten a lot more expensive. Like this, you know, this cigar I think you said was $10. That cigar started out at $7. But when we started at 7 the equivalent product was 8 Now that that's 10 the equivalent product is 12 right. So everybody's raised uh, uh, right. amongst you, so you're still staying behind because it looks like you're always the best price out there. Yeah, like King Quaginara is a good example. I mean, we probably could have charged $25 for that cigar. But what we did was is we took the base cost and said, here's what our profit margins need to be. And, um, you know, $15 for that cigar, we feel is a very, very fair price. Well, let's, let's, what, what if these cigars were unbanded, right? And you didn't even know they were ours. <clears throat> you cut it, you light it, you smoke it, right? And, and just as a, you know, we're just sitting around kind of BSing and um, you're having a good time. And what do you think about that cigar? You're halfway into it and you go, man, this is really, really good, right? Just, just you know... I like, I like, it hits all the boxes, it checks all the boxes, and so, you know, if I said, hey, that's $20 or $15 or $10, you go, you know, it's really good, it's, oh, that's fantastic, oh, this is really, like, I would smoke this every day, right? So, you, you go through this progression of, you know, as you're smoking a cigar, like, where, where does this kind of fit of other cigars that I've smoked when, whenever, you know, I go in and I select a cigar, you know, is this, you know, a Padron or is this, you know, uh, you know, whatever other kind of brand, and all of a sudden, it's like, and that's that's what we've really kind of cut. We we've walked into this niche market and said we want to be the best cigar at a fair price and put out you know a, a cigar that's you know basically nine to twelve dollars and be a you know anything that would stack up to anything that's twenty dollars. When I am tasting a cigar at the trade show or whatever, I want to smoke the cigar. I have the price. I don't want to look at it. I want to start smoking the cigar first and seeing it and then look because if I do it the other way and I've done it both ways, then I expect much, much more for it. It usually yeah. is I'm going to have a negative thing based on the price. Yeah. You're like, oh, can you believe these guys are charging this right, much money for right. the cigar? Are they crazy? You know, and that's what we want. We didn't want it. And pricing strategy is something that we talk with other manufacturers about a lot. 
Because because a lot of people who come and talk to us and they go, how do you how do you are you guys making money? How do you charge? Because right. like I know for I know for a fact what we're making, like the person would say, yeah. and it's like, well, first of all, we we make our own cigars, so that's that's the big one, right? Is that you know a cigar that comes out of Nicaragua at four dollars for us, it comes out of Nicaragua at two, even though it costs us a little bit more to make it than the one that they're paying four for. We just don't have to, our our factory is basically, and this is probably the main reason why we don't have a partner in the factory anymore, is because our factory is pretty much nonprofit. Yeah. Um, and and we buy we buy smart. Um, you know, in the in the in the cigar business, what happens is there's these surges of supply, and we kind of it's like buying you know at Costco where we 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 buy opportunistically. And I'm sure you do that as a retailer, where where you know you know when you're getting a good deal and you get as much as you can. Um, so as as long as you have capital standing there ready and you're paying attention, um, when when some people who are selling tobacco need money, and you have money, you can buy opportunistically. Right. Of course, I think this was a great show. I learned a lot. I hope you guys. <laughs> Dave, did we're too. not doing classic. We're three. not. There's no time. But what about my disappointment? What's your disappointment? I love classic. Three I one. thought you hated it. You want to do. do it? No. All right. <laughs> we'll skip it because we're going to go to the after show. So that is it. Thank you guys for doing this. Uh, next week, Jose Dominguez from Jose Dominguez Cigars joins us with Carlos Guillamo Guille from Yaya Cigars. And we're going to have two cigar manufacturers at the same time. We have yes or no questions for them. We never did this before, but uh, let's we'll see how it goes. we'll never do it again. Probably not. Two young manufacturers. Uh, yes or no questions. We'll see how it goes. Until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And it's quite possible you actually learned something today, which makes you The Cigar Authority. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.